the single tree podcast episode 36 we went dark for a while (laughs) (laughs) but we're back it was over a year yeah we've been underground hiding out thinking thinking about how we're gonna come back juicing up which (laughs) we had to do some study and contemplation it's appropriate though that this one's about death about this episode yeah but we've come back to life <laughs> Ooh, yeah that's interesting yeah yeah so we spent a year thinking about it and we're gonna talk about death and dying well so one of my favorite topics it is definitely perfect let's do it yeah <laughs> yeah why are we talking about death Oh, because it's happening. It's happening all the time. Every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in our culture, we think a lot about growing and thriving and building. And... Yet there's this other side of our lives that we're experiencing every day, which is death and deconstruction. Mm -hmm. And it's happening all the time, whether we want it to or not. At the same time, we're creating. Yeah. I think we want to ignore the fact that death is happening all around us and that it's happening in us and in our lives. Why do you think that's so hard for us to really accept and acknowledge deep in our bones? I think it's uncomfortable. And I think we have this instinct to live, a survival instinct. And uh, yeah, which kind of you know, promotes growth and moving forward and building things bigger and better and success and winning. And uh, the goal is not to lose. The goal is not to take steps backwards. It's to win Hmm. and to thrive. And yet, death is a necessary part of life. This may be even a necessary part of thriving. Yes. Paradoxically. Yeah. So it's good to get used to the idea. We're talking today about how to do that well, and maybe to do it on purpose. Um, You know, it's happening to us all the time anyway, whether we choose it or not Um, but maybe if we can choose how we do it you know the the big idea of you know your physical death or when your life ends but also these little deaths that are happening Hmm. all the time every day if we can do that well and learn how to facilitate that process of Yeah, things in our life going away or 
you know, the setbacks that we experience every day, then maybe that's a way to help us live our lives better. Yeah. I've been thinking recently about, you know, maybe one of the most important things a human can do is to just accept a, you know, basic reality. It's one of the most important things we can do. Mm -hmm. It seems almost so too simple, right? But, and we can do that maybe intellectually, but I think I'm talking about maybe a different kind of acceptance where it's just integrated and kind of lived through you. And one of those realities is is death mm-hmm. and how it happens and the role in our it has in our day-to-day life, you know? So, you know, the ability to accept a reality mm-hmm. of death not just intellectually, that's an easy one, right? But more deeply, I think can expand and deepen our day-to-day kind of human experience in the mm-hmm. world. And it has the potential, I think, at least for me, it has just recontextualized you know, kind of my day-to-day beingness and how I operate, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So it has the power to really recontextualize things mm-hmm. in, a, in a really deep way. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can talk about some of the ways that this is happening all the time. Because obviously we're not, we don't die every day, but maybe in a sense we do. Well, in a sense... In a sense, sometimes we do, you know, it's, there was a, something that I read one time where this, this guy was basically, he was talking about death and he said, in a pretty real sense, you know, we die every day. I mean, when we go to sleep, we're gone, we're not there, right? Mm -hmm. And then we wake up and we're born again. I mean, we almost die and are born again in some ways, Mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. Or you could even think about like breathing in and breathing out, you know, you breathe in oxygen. That's kind of like breathing in life. And then when you breathe it out, it's, you're losing it, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, obviously that's an important process for life. But, you know, if you exhale and don't breathe back in, then. Right. How does that feel? Exactly. It's kind of scary. Yeah. And you can't have one without the other either. No. Can you? So that... No. That is a great analogy because I think that articulates how life and death cannot be separated Mm because you can't have one without the other. Right. They they cannot be separated. Yeah. Or we're uh, we're shedding cells, like skin cells all the time, you know, more are being created. And but we're shedding all the time, so those are little deaths that are happening all the time, right? Absolutely. 
we are doing things that are productive and working every day and we also must rest and be become inactive or else you know it's a very unhealthy existence mm-hmm. you could think about it as you know you're earning income but you're also expending income expending money you know sure all of those things can feel like little deaths and so you know we're we're uncomfortable with this large idea of not existing anymore or you know our lives being over as we know them not having life anymore and i think we are also uncomfortable with anything else that resembles death a lot of times sometimes even rest or you know spending money or investing money or something like that it feels uncomfortable to us we don't feel we're not we're not okay with that because that's the that's the inclination or the drive kind of you know of the nervous system is uh-huh. to have security by keeping right <laughs> yeah by keeping and holding yeah yeah I think it's really true in our in our capitalistic society because you know um, we see all these really large businesses you know that have been successful quote unquote um, and we think of that as what it means to really live or you know that that's like the goal for all of us especially in our American culture and you know I guess what some of those businesses or corporations that we see um, what we don't see is the you know sacrifices that it's taken for them to get there or you know it's a lot like when you look at someone else's life on the outside and you can see you know especially like on social social media and stuff like you can see all the positive things that they have you know because that's the part of themselves in their life that they're presenting to others and you don't see the negative stuff sure and so we can have this mentality that we're supposed to just win all the time be successful all the time be happy all the time and so it's perpetuating that mentality of it's not okay to take a step back or to lose or to you know even sacrifice something so if you're having that perspective of always getting winning building even creating right Mm -hmm. what implications do you think that has on your life as you go on along that arc you mean for the an in, for an individual sure if you're if you have the mentality of always having to be succeeding yeah i think it makes people super anxious <laughs> cuz if anything bad happens or they lose or you know things aren't going swimmingly then they think there's something wrong or that they're doing something wrong <laughs> when when it's happening all the time the 
the little deaths are happening all the time. So, so they then, need to. Yeah. So then it creates this anxiety, right? And then we make inferences about what that means. Like you said, I'm doing something wrong. And that's when you start kind of start telling a story about yourself, which yeah. just perpetuates the anxiety. Yeah, the okay. story. The story yeah. is I've failed or I'm not good enough or it could be I've done something wrong and I'm being punished or something like that. Those kind of negative stories that we tell ourselves about failures or losses, right? Yeah. But that, and then that's what's interesting is that we're, we may be living along that arc of always getting, getting, winning, building, and it creates this anxiety, but then we say, or maybe even complain about how we're anxious. <laughs> yeah. Which is, so maybe, so maybe the mentality of always needing to be successful or even happy is what creates a lot of our stress and anxiety. Yeah. So learning, learning how to die, even these small deaths, becomes important to actually being feeling whole, I guess, is maybe the way that I would say that because I don't, I don't want to say being happy necessarily um, because the need for happiness may be the very thing that makes you unhappy <laughs> yeah and that's kind of you know sometimes I, I you know I, I think about how I've struggled with all of that in my own life and struggling to be happy but you know and it seems like as I continue on I find myself just continuing to kind of see how that definition of happiness uh, wasn't doing me any good really very much and it was causing me as you said maybe more anxiety and then I've just kind of found myself over the last couple years being more interested in peace rather than happiness oh yeah that's a good that's a good thing you know Peace. <laughs> and but that and the, and then that has even made me kind of deconstruct com some of my concepts about what peace is you know because we have all of these ideas but about what peace is but mm -hmm. because peace doesn't mean that you're not going to have any turmoil problems or or anxieties or disappointments or failures or anything like that right true it it means that you have accepted that <clears throat> those things will be there and it doesn't mean that anything's wrong per se right you know, like that it's <laughs> right. still, even though that's happening, it's still okay. But, yeah. and so that process that I was kind of talking about, just like in my own life, I'd had to, to die to that pursuit of this concept mm -hmm. 
you know. And then out of that kind of helped me find this, for me, a better kind of perspective, which is just wanting more peace or whatever. But even then that, it's required me to kind of die because mm. I've had to understand really what kind of like maybe what peace is and it isn't what I thought it was when I first started walking down that road so that's another that's another way to die is to let go of your own concepts yeah definitely I mean I think that that's a major major part of what we're talking about is you know if you're talking about learning how to or considering maybe dying well I don't know how you that doesn't require or maybe even you know demand you to get really aware of the concepts that you have about things and consciously start to deconstruct them you know mm -hmm. because that's what the concepts hold everything in place Yeah. You know? So you should get aware of them? You should what? You should get awareness of them? Oh, I mean, I think that's one of the most important... I think that's one of the most important things you could do is just kind of take a step back and just ask yourself what ideas and concepts you have around that so that you can at least give yourself an opportunity to deconstruct some of them. I mean... I'm certainly not saying that I've deconstructed all of them or anything like that, but what I'm saying is that at least if you've given yourself an opportunity to do that, you can, you know, deconstruct some. You want to keep <laughs> other ones fine. You know what I mean? But you, yeah, you have a you have a process for that. Sure. It's it's not a race to see who can deconstruct the most, but no. If you yeah, gain awareness of what the concepts are that you're holding and, and have a process for how to deconstruct those. Yeah. Then you're kind of in good shape. Yeah. I mean, I really do. It almost sounds overly simplistic, but I really do think it, it looks like just giving yourself an opportunity to take a step back, look at the concepts and just consider whether those, mm -hmm. the concepts that you have are, oriented towards reality or not or serving you well you know what i mean like serving really you well right because they because like this uh this concept of you know needing to always be winning needing to always be moving forward needing right. to always succeed is probably creating quite a bit of anxiety for you but uh, yeah and, and you have to ask yourself honestly like how based how reality based is that Re reality the reality is that you're not going to win every time how yeah i mean no way <laughs> yeah and that's but that is okay to lose i mean that's not that's not a very popular like thought it isn't but but here's the deal here's the here's the value from my perspective of being willing to deconstruct a concept around that so let's say Oh, there's been points definitely in, in my life where I had this expectation that I needed to win. Let's say just in a certain moment in time. And I did not. 
I lost. Now, typically what comes after that is frustration or sadness or grief or whatever. And then you out of that, you have an opportunity to self-reflect, right? Mm -hmm. Well, there's been times where I've been able to kind of self-reflect and say, well, number one, that expectation that I'm going to always win is not based in reality. Number two, what I thought was right or best maybe wasn't. And number three, you have the opportunity to see how losing, and I'm not saying all the time or anything like that, but there have definitely been situations in my life where losing has actually been a really good thing for me. Mm-hmm. It's maybe, and there's times where I would say it's it's probably been the best thing for me. Mm-hmm. Because that has been an invitation for me to continue to just die to more concepts. But also, I've been able to see how losing in a certain situation over maybe a longer period of time has helped me gain something else. You know, and we've talked about this, this, you know, taking this perspective like with business or in life but it's and we've used the analogy of of pruning a tree right Mm -hmm. i mean you definitely have to cut something back right and in this way we're talking about loss so that something can grow back more healthy i mean Mm -hmm. and in that sense then losing is good Mm -hmm. which right i mean I don't know how that doesn't force you to confront more of the concepts you have around winning and be willing to deconstruct them, but it's, you know. Uh, it's Yeah, it's just the, you know, our mentality is so geared toward success or growth. And and so we don't have a framework for the pruning, to how to interpret the, how to interpret the pruning, which is why we're, talking about this right because we need to have a framework for how we accept loss into our lives sure so some of the things that people that happen for people you know around loss are good there are good things that happen there so if you experience loss something bad happens for instance you were trying to win and you lost then what is it that happens there for an individual that is good, right? It's the opportunity to maybe grow in a different way, healthier, to let go of concepts. Also, this feeling of not being all powerful Mm -hmm. is probably a good thing that comes out of it too. Realizing it is possible for me to lose. I can't control everything and Maybe also I'm in need. Sure. I mean, yeah, at the, at the very least, it, it gives you an opportunity to not be so quick to judge a situation, right? Which benefits us all, mm-hmm. you know? And that process, you know, over time really starts to work on someone. What do you mean not judge it? Well, not judge a situation? Well, I mean, it, at least for me, there's situations now where something may happen that seems unfortunate or you know um not great or whatever but i've learned to not be so quick to 
judge it and label it as this bad thing that shouldn't have happened and react to that and orient my life around how that was a bad thing that shouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit slower to be so damn sure that that's what's happening. Yeah. Kind of goes back to the discussion about not dividing things into black and white categories, the non-dualistic type thinking, right? That not everything that's happening to you has to be either good or bad, which I think is another sort of like poisonous uh, view that we have about everything that, you know, you're, you're going to, it's even in the terms that we use, you know, you're going to win some and you're going to lose some, you're going to have some good and bad in every day. But really like if life and death are two sides of a coin that just exist in duality with each other, both of them being um, partners or complements of one another, um, then it's just a cycle that's happening. And I like to think of it as kind of a cycle, you know, as a circle that's happening all the time. Again, you're breathing in, you're breathing out. Um, you are moving forward with things and you're also moving back at the same time. Um, then we stop assigning good and bad death, you know, that life is good and death is bad. So we don't think about it, talk about it. We just focus on the positive or whatever. And so taking those categories away, it's just life and death are happening. At the simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Needing needing one another. Do you think it's true they need one another? I don't to... think there's yeah, it goes back to what I was saying. I don't think I don't I don't see how you could possibly separate life from death. <laughs> you know, I not anymore. To accept one is to accept the other. Yeah. And just, I mean, you can't, you know, from a really practical, almost kind of mechanical perspective, to have, to have the, even to have the concept of death, you have to have the concept of life. Like, you can't, one informs the other. It's like light and dark. Yeah. It, they're, they're just, yeah. I don't, I, it's really hard for me now to see how you could separate either one of them. Mm -hmm. So practically, you know, maybe part of this is just paying attention to how the death is happening. These little deaths that are happening all day long, every day. Yeah. And that, that, I mean, that looks like in a very practical, realistic way, accepting something that you don't like or acknowledging and, and, and accepting that you don't like something and not necessarily jumping in to, to, to do something about it. I mean, definitely getting rid of it or sure. I mean, definitely there are times to do that, but I mean, it, 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 to me, it looks like doing something simple like that. And I think that doing that simple thing is extremely powerful. So let's think of an example, you know, I mean, let's say that you, you're 
a hot water heater goes out in your house and you you end up having to spend you know a couple thousand dollars to replace it or something like that right mm-hmm. you've lost some money time <laughs> time it's annoying energy right yeah but it's just you know trying to sort of and you don't you don't have to necessarily like it that's like not what it's, it's about it's something that you're that you maybe don't like but getting more comfortable with the fact that you're going to have to endure these unpleasant yes. experiences now some might say well what's the win in that what's the victory in that well for me at least in my own experience what that's done over time is is it has helped me grow my container for things that I don't like so yes. I can contain unpleasant things, mm-hmm. which has helped me be more resilient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this may it may be a topic for another podcast, but pain just sort of bores a hole in you and it creates depth and Mm -hmm. you know yeah being able to sort of tolerate those unpleasant experiences kind of like expands you and makes you maybe mm, more have more capacity for other pains sure now that to me is that's that's a real victory. That's a win. That's a win. That and that's a that is an enduring, substantial, meaningful kind of win. You know, I mean, we can win monetarily, and that's great and nice. But that money goes. You know what I mean? This kind of win endures. You know what I mean? I mean, it really. Yeah. That's the kind of win that really stands. Mm-hmm. the test of time and then not only that but just has this really direct and powerful impact on the people around you too mm-hmm. and then that's a win too mm-hmm. so yeah it's not just finding the silver lining necessarily no I don't think it's about rosy colored glasses at all <laughs> I mean I think it's, it is it is about accepting the fact that the water heater broke. This sucks and I'm going to have to take a cold shower and I'm going to lose time and energy and money and this is unpleasant. It's not about trying to put a pretty reality over that, you know? Yeah. yeah. How can you, rec- you know, first of all, not assigning value to it, not saying this is bad. I mean, you know, it sucks, but, but, Realizing that life is good and bad at the same time, you know, accepting that it's just both at the same time and, and, you know, not getting flipping out about it. Right. And then, yeah, just realizing that can help you grow your, grow your container and that's useful. Okay. Or, you know, I think it's a, simple example too like getting sick or something like that like there's we would think of that as bad typically but there's something in it you know it's a it's a chance to care for yourself or it's a chance to take needed rest obviously when you're 
not resting well, you know, your immune system is more susceptible or, you know, yeah. there's something going on. So it's important, you know. Or to be cared for, which yeah. is a yeah. big lesson. That's your, not an easy thing for some people. Mm -hmm. Your body just might be saying, pay attention to this. Take care. So, yeah, those are really simple examples, but there are ways that we can sort of start to accept the reality that life and death are happening all the time. Get ready for it because it's going to happen every day. Yeah. So other practical ways, I think, that we can, you know, learn to die on a daily basis would be to even do it on purpose sometimes. So I think just sacrificing, being self-sacrificial at times um, for others' good, um, you know, and I think I think of business with this too because um, it's easy as a business or a corporation to think about like how are we going to succeed, right? A lot of times that means we have to push other people down. Um, a lot of times it means you know we're gonna do what it takes no matter what and no matter the cost or the you know the cost to others or the the cost to the environment. You know you can think of it that way. Um, you know, because the, uh, you know, the dollar is king or just success itself is what we are focused on to the detriment of sometimes the people even within the organization um, and definitely many times to the, the others, you know, detriment to the others outside the organization. And so... You know, we can think about this in business, but obviously we can think about it just in interpersonal relationships. We can actually choose to die on purpose to ourselves or just make self-sacrificial moves or decisions because that's an important part of health, health. From an organizational standpoint, I think that's that's an important thing to realize. I think, you know, the same type of anxiety that we get in ourselves individually about needing to always win can sort of bleed through an organization. And and then the organization itself feels like we have to succeed at all times or something's wrong or we've done something wrong. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, as an organization, when something bad happens... Very simply, it's an it's an opportunity to learn and maybe adjust or change course. You know, it's a gift in a way. Well, def yeah. I mean, if you can, uh, if you can take that perspective that you were talking about, where you know, losing is an opportunity to kind of make an adjustment to learn. Well you're cultivating the ability to adapt, right? And be flexible. And that's a huge that's a huge skill as a human to be able to to grow in your life. And if things are just good or bad, then you almost kind of cheat yourself out of the ability to kind of you know 
a, adapt in a in a very sophisticated way. It's more yeah. reactionary instead of adaptive. You become rigid, yeah, because winning is the only thing, and we have to do that. We can't adjust, and there's no room for failure, and you know. So, I think very simply, you know, it's just the goal as an individual person and maybe as a group of people or in business, if you want to think about it from that perspective, is just to do some of both. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we need to make decisions that help us um, grow and move forward and get better probably. Um, and then we also need to, to make some decisions that um, are sacrificial on behalf of others, you know. So um, in an interpersonal relationship, you know, it's just <laughs> you've got to make some decisions on the other's behalf only, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of altruistic, with altruistic motives um, to be able to care for someone else, sometimes to your own detriment. Yeah. Um, but definitely just sort of maybe in an empathizing way to be able to see from their perspective, not not just your own, mm-hmm. but to be able to put yourself fully in their shoes or see fully from their perspective. Um, that's absolutely necessary if you have someone who's only seeking their own, you know, well-being in a relationship they're just going to take. There's no no reciprocity in the relationship. In the same in the same way with business, you know, you know, or or a group of people like if there's no thought of how can we play nice with other groups or businesses or the environment or the community around us, then, you know, that's pretty unbalanced way to, you know, perpetuate your own interests and it's not good. Yeah. It doesn't lead to larger, like health in a larger, the larger system. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that, I'm I'm not sure, but, you know, the felt experience of living a rigid life, you know, over time probably doesn't feel very good because life's just going to continue to but up against that rigidity, you know, and I would just gets hard after a while, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not very, I don't think it's very fun because you're not like probably taking any risks and you're probably not learning a whole lot and always defending. Yeah. And you don't have like genuine connection. Yeah. Yeah. You're always defending yourself. Which brings up another point that I was going to mention, you know, which is this whole like idea of not like nonviolence, you know, not not retaliating because, you know, the whole mentality of like we must win and and we must succeed will wind up being violence, you know, to its to its logic to a logical yeah, extent. Yeah, at some you know? point. Yeah. Because you're, you know, promoting your self-interest and you're, and you're defending your self from loss or 
you know, and so, um, yeah, some practical ways to, to practice these little deaths every day are sacrificing for others, whether that's in a corporate, you know, structure or on an individual level. And then also like maybe not retaliating or even practicing some type of self-defense at times. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Does yeah. That, does that take it too far? No, not at all, <laughs> man. I think that's great. I totally right. agree. Does that mean we don't set boundaries or don't protect ourselves when we can? Not to me. I mean, I think that that's, that is probably one of the first things that, that I see people have difficulty with is when I'm maybe talking to them about something like this mm-hmm. is the initial thought that comes up or the initial reaction is, is that, well, then I'm going to always be taken advantage of and just become this person that is out of control of their life and I'll be victimized. And to me, that, I mean, that reaction or that response makes sense. That's a natural, that's a natural response. But, um, yeah, that's definitely not the suggestion is that you'd want to end up being that way at all. You know, the, the boundaries, I think, um, actually strengthen this life experience and actually strengthen the death experience. It can, it can strengthen both. Definitely. I think it can. Mm -hmm. How does it do that? Well, I mean, the boundaries are definitely going to help you learn in a, in, in a death experience because it's, it's going to, when you're having kind of like a death experience, whether that be, you know, one of these little examples that we're talking about or a bigger one, you know, you, it's going to require that you accept the reality of the situation. Um, and, you know, if you can, then you have to decide how you're going to respond to it um, in a way of not needing to win. And that that's going to require some idea of having some kind of boundary in place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you just kind of go on into, into oblivion. So it, it can help you become clear as to how you're going to respond or what you're going to do, which, which can actually be a really grounding, um, experience in, in a context, in a situation where you're feeling like you're losing or dying. Mm -hmm. I mean, so a boundary can be a really good, useful tool in that, in that context. 
and we have yeah. to be able to stay grounded if we're going to consider kind of this <laughs> this losing or dying right if we can't stay grounded in that experience we're going to be in trouble and boundaries yeah. are a great way yeah practically speaking to to be grounded in a situation that is either unpleasant mm -hmm. or scary yeah it's it's one thing to you know, not be able to set boundaries for yourself and just get overrun or walked over. Um, but when you can set boundaries, you know, that are th things that you can live with, then you can choose to be become self self sacrificial um, for a purpose. Which, you know, to me, I think the way that it's easiest to think about it is, you know. Becoming nonviolent from a position of strength is is always a better way to do it than to do it from a position of weakness. You know, for sure. Like not being able to defend yourself is different than choosing not to. The choice is the difference, right? Yeah. And so, you know, and it and it would, you know, the part of the reason that we talk about it is because, you know, the powerful people in any given. Um, society or community or any sort of environment um, if they will practice you know self-sacrifice and not always self-promoting and not always um, needing to win then it makes it easier for the people who are in positions of you know less power mm. in the same environment um, Unfortunately, sometimes it ends up being the opposite, <laughs> the other way around. The people who are, you know, sort of oppressed or in positions of less power are, you know, put in the put in the positions where they are practicing nonviolence instead, which is sort of backwards. Um, but uh, yeah, if the people in power or privileged positions will will practice this then it just makes life easier on everybody well sure because you know i mean everyone loves the idea of well i shouldn't say that but most people like the idea of compromise mm -hmm. well compromise requires a certain kind of dying doesn't it yeah and usually if people can enter into compromise together yeah what does that do well that creates a win-win so that just kind of um brings what we're saying together you know from you know as an example it's mm -hmm. there's a win in 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 the losing there's a there's a greater maybe even a bigger kind of win in in the losing there mm -hmm. good we'll kind of wrap up so, you know, a couple of key points are just to start, you know, having awareness that death is happening all the time as you breathe in and breathe out, as you wake up in the morning and go to sleep at night, these cycles of life and death as you, as you grow and, you know, slough off dead cells mm -hmm. all day long, it's happening all the time. So being aware of that. And being aware of that duality, it's not necessary to, to assign 
positive or negative negative to either of those experiences but life and death are just complements of one another and to be able to practice little deaths on purpose um, and even just facilitate the process mm. then for yourself as well yeah so and because that will give you an opportunity that will illuminate any concepts that you have around losing death whatever dying compromising and winning you know giving or getting it'll give you an opportunity it'll illuminate that and invite you into exploring those concepts which gives you an opportunity to deconstruct some of those if you want yeah when you when you kind of hold life and death together as just sort of you know coexisting in the same space and in the same mental space even it kind of loosens up your concepts about you know needing to always be succeeding and moving forward and it just loosens up your concepts about life being good and death being bad maybe they're just sort of partners working together there you go right life and death working together who would have thought there you go that's good we're happy you're listening everybody we'll be back sooner than a year from now I promise <laughs> thank you talk to you soon